heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. This is Dr. Lee for America, your Team Nation guest host for Malcolm today. We've got a powerful hour for you today with Dr. Richard Urso, medical doctor and scientist who invented an FDA-approved wound-healing medicine. So he has a unique background. He is actually a practicing physician. He'll tell you a little bit about his practice and some very creative things he's been doing with medicines that you've been hearing about in the news for other reasons and how he's using it to help problems with the eye. I'm fascinated with his work. I've worked with Dr. Urso over this last year as part of our C-19 COVID coalition of frontline doctors. He's been a powerful voice on Twitter until many of us got censored for speaking the truth about early treatment and the vaccine issues. So Dr. Urso has a lot of fascinating information to share with all of our listeners today. And with this background in drug development and creative uses of existing medicines, he has been an advocate for early treatment of COVID-19 since March 2020. He and I independently did not know each other at the time. We independently started saying, this is a virus. And we heard some messages about hydroxychloroquine coming out of China and South Korea. So people like us who are trying to be creative and help our patients dug into the literature and we find that we've known for 20 years that hydroxychloroquine, for example, is antiviral. It blocks the virus binding. It blocks the virus, virus from spreading. And so several of us had independently figured out these things. And then we were coming together as a whole team. And that has grown to a coalition of over 400 doctors worldwide in our C-19 group that are sharing information by email every single day for this entire last 14 months we've been dealing with this. In fact, I've often said it's like drinking water from a fire hose with all of the information that all of these doctors are sharing every day. Sometimes it's hard to keep up. Now, what else is, is I think, really powerful about Dr. Urso's work is that he has met with the COVID task force including Vice President Biden, Deborah Pence, leaders of Congress, leaders of the Senate, and the CDC. He has played a huge role with COVID awareness in Texas. He's met with members of the governor's office. He's testified before the Texas Senate. And those of you who would like to hear his powerful testimony before the Texas Senate the one that I heard was March 10th. And I commend all of you to Google that, listen to his testimony. It really is eye-opening. 
In addition to all of this, with an active, busy practice, he has appeared over on over 60 media outlets, including Laura Ingram, Charlie Kirk, and C-SPAN. So I think we have a powerful advocate, patient advocate, physician ally in this fight to bring early treatment options and availability across this country. He and I now serve together on the new initiative launched by Dr. McCullough called Unity Against COVID. And you will be hearing a lot more about our national campaign efforts and our outreach to bring early treatment to the grassroots level and bypass all of these political and bureaucratic and big tech and big medicine roadblocks to help you get early treatment and live your life again. So welcome, Dr. Urso. It is my honor and privilege to have you on today on America Out Loud. Thank you so much, Lee. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the introduction. It's wonderful. Uh, I appreciate that. And, you know, this year has been such a tragedy. Uh, we've had so many things happen that just didn't, never made any medical sense. You know, starting right from the beginning, this lockdown, wear a mask, social isolation, wait for a vaccine. Uh, and clearly many of us that were uh, have been in practice for a long time uh, were really challenged by any new disease and went right out and, and found quite a few products that might be, be effective. And it was a real disappointment a year ago when we started getting told to go home, don't waste PPE, let patients uh, fester at home and wait until they can uh, get sick enough to get into, into the hospital. And I, I made a, a, a concerted effort to go uh, and try to reach out to our community. Um, I reached out to my patients, but I realized maybe I should reach up the ladder. Uh, I talked to the medical board, to the uh, Texas Medical Association, uh, to the governor's office. I sent uh, notes and I sent notes to our own academy. And each time I got met with the same response, you know, don't waste PPE, go home, don't treat patients. And I literally felt in my heart that if I did that, I would, um, uh, and, and I, I would do uh, basically um, uh, a disservice if, if I did that. I had to go out and help patients. I couldn't let patients get on vents and ECMO. And, and that's basically where, you know, it's eventually you and I met up because we both felt we had to reach out uh, eventually going on social media and try to reach out and help reach more people. So thank you for the introduction. Well, it, it absolutely, I was fascinated with work that I read of yours on Twitter back in March last year when, and, and throughout the spring, you and I both were, I had 80,000 followers and I'd been working Twitter to getting health information out for six years and was summarily suspended and my whole account canceled and all the work done lost January 11th when Twitter didn't like the little minions didn't like my messages of truth about the vaccines and early treatment. But I was really intrigued with the information you were putting out early last year about all of the many aspects of some of the treatment options, some of the mechanisms that you were learning and we were studying about how this disease works. And before I ask you to talk about that, I want to mention for our listeners again, all of you listening can go and get our free doctor's 
guide to early home treatment for COVID that describes what the virus is, what the stages are, and all of the medicines that are ones we use every day in our practices and have for my whole career, all these medicines that work to treat COVID at home early and help stay people, keep people out of the hospital. And that's free, www.covidpatientguide.com. So Dr. Urso, tell us a little bit about what, what your practice is like and some of the medicines we now use for COVID that you've used for years. Tell us more about that. And, and then we'll move into talking further in the program about the lack of focus on early treatment in the massive push for mass vaccination and why early treatment is so important. Well, uh, thank you, Lee. Well, early in my career, uh, you know, I'm an ophthalmologist and early in my career, I got involved in doing tissue culture work and wound healing. And I was very intrigued by scarring, inflammation. And eventually, as I ended up uh, being the chief at the, one of the top uh, uh, cancer hospitals in ophthalmology, I started working with tumor viruses also. So I spent a lot of time with inflammation, scarring, wound healing, and, and tumor viruses working on tissue culture. And I, I have a big practice. Uh, our practice uh, is 24 locations. Um, we're the biggest practice in Texas. I'm one of the uh, managing uh, partners of the group. And uh, we have like 700 employees. So we run a big, big practice. Uh, so I'm real busy in my own private practice. Uh, and of course, I'm speaking for myself, not for my partners. Uh, but, but the biggest thing for me early on in my career was looking at things that might help for scarring and inflammation and wound healing. And I ended up discovering that nerve growth factor was a wonderful drug uh, for, for, for closing chronic wounds. And I put a patent on it and eventually made its way through FDA trials and got approved for use of scarring on the eye. It actually works on the body. But the entire time I started looking at hydroxychloroquine, uh, mitomycin, that's a, that's a tumor drug, um, uh, uh, phenofibrate, uh, colchicine, um, actually the macrolide antibiotics leave, that was, that was one of the greatest things that I saw in tissue culture was they were great anti-inflammatories. So when the z pack came out, um, you know, I started putting the, the, uh, the uh, uh, compounded this and put it on the eye. And I've been using it on the eye for like 20 years, first doing tissue culture work. And I, I looked at all these drugs, ivermectin, I've been using ivermectin on the eye for 14 years. I've been using hydroxychloroquine on the eye for like 23 years. Um, that's erythromycin on the eye, actually losartan, a hypertension drug. I use it for fibrosis. I thought that might have some effects for COVID. Um, H2 blockers, uh, like Pepsid, Zantac, those drugs. Uh, phenofibrate, a cholesterol drug. And it turns out that many of these drugs that I just mentioned, colchicine, uh, that I'm using on the eye and I had repurposed from oral use or IV use on the body actually turned out to be really effective for COVID. So when I saw that in the literature last March, I, I remember saying, I have to speak out. I don't, think, I don't think everyone knows what I know. And if I don't speak out, who's going to speak out? And I felt like the academic guys were, were, were hampered by losing their job. And so I, I knew that I had to speak out. And I knew that I could, I knew I could stand up to them. Uh, you know, if we ended up in a debate or something, I knew that, uh, actually, I knew they didn't do tissue culture work like I had done. 
and because of that, I was pretty confident that I, I would never really run into a problem um, in any kind of a debate with anyone about these medications. And as you know, Lee, they've been amazing. They've been so effective and early treatment works. And if we say that, we get canceled. Well, that's exactly right. And I just find it incredibly interesting how long you've been using these medicines that suddenly the FDA has said were so dangerous in 2020. The FDA had approved for safety and effectiveness <clears throat> in the case of hydroxychloroquine, it was 65 years ago. So we have a 65 year track record of safety for hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin approved many, many years ago. Low Sartan, same thing. One of the things that's such contradictory information for the public and causes people to say, this doesn't make sense, is why would a drug that's so safe in pregnancy and nursing mothers and elderly and young children throughout the world for malaria, why did it suddenly become dangerous and suppressed in the setting of COVID? And now you're telling me and our listeners that you've been using it to treat problems of the eye for 25 years. And yet they were talking about eye damage with hydroxychloroquine. Oh my heavens, you can't use that. You're going to damage your eyes and go blind. Could you comment on that? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, Lee, that's one, uh, uh, Dr. Lee, that's one of my favorite topics. Uh, this drug is one of my favorites, and I'm going to tell your listeners about it in a second. But I had done toxicity studies on this um, uh, back in the 90s. And if a person over their lifetime takes about two kilograms, basically 2.2 pounds um, in their lifetime, they may have some mild toxicity in the retina and it can be detected very easily with testing. And it is the major thing that has always been looked at for, for hydroxychloroquine. And as you know, they started talking about the heart problems, the QT interval, which means every time the heart beats, it recharges, there's a little recharge. And I didn't talk to a single cardiologist that in her entire career out of 14 had ever taken a patient off hydroxychloroquine. So for your listeners, it, it's such an amazing drug. I want to list off some, some of the side effects. I want the listeners to hear the side effects. So what are the side effects of hydroxychloroquine? Well, it improves diabetes. Uh, it improves the glucose and your hemoglobin A1C. It improves your lipid profile. It lowers the LDL cholesterol. It's anti-inflammatory, lowers C-reactive protein, and it actually decreases insulin resistance in both obese and non-obese individuals. So these are all some of the wonderful things it does. But more than that, it improves atherosclerosis. It improves the risk of myocardial infarction. When they were talking about the heart, actually in long-term studies, patients on hydroxychloroquine have a decreased risk for heart attacks, a decreased risk for strokes. The, the risk of pulmonary embolus improves. And for people who have chronic kidney disease, it decreases the risk of having to go on to dialysis by 70% in several studies. And guess what, Lee? You know, I told you, you did the tumor, tumor virus work. It's actually... Uh, it's autophagy inhibition, which is basically um, uh, one of the things that's so powerful about it. It's actually used as an adjuvant treatment for many cancers. And I want you to know it's safe in pregnancy. It helps in platelet aggregation. Um, it helps in um, uh, uh, antiphospholipid syndrome. 
So as I said, Dr. Lee, this is an amazing drug. It improves the bone health. It's anti-inflammatory. Everybody knows that. Helps in lupus, rheumatoid arthritis. I've been also using it as a tablet for dry eye for a long time, but I, I went to the drops. Um, so, you know, the, the obvious things here are it's not only uh, safe, but in many cases, for many people, it's actually good for you. You know, that's something that that is a message that hardly anyone across the U.S. is getting it. And and Dr. Urso, what I've been struck by, you and I had been discussing the benefits in diabetes and insulin resistance and lipids. And actually, I was seeing that in the patients I was treating for COVID, their diabetes and insulin resistance would improve. And Yet when I, when I, when they ask to stay on low dose hydroxychloroquine going forward after the COVID illness was over, because they'd had such improvement in glucose and hemoglobin A1C in the diabetics, their primary care doctors would countermand what I had agreed to do for them and say, oh, that's too dangerous. You can't take that. And, you know, we're up against a problem of censorship in the media and, people being the fear being generated with these false warnings from the FDA. And you and I both know the contradictory language on their website. And, and we have members of our own profession who won't read the scientific literature that goes back decades and causes, and as has, they have deliberately made it their agenda to terrify people. I just think it is so encouraging that you are discussing all of these other benefits. How do you, where do you access or do you, how do you use eye drops, for example, of ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine? Could you tell our listeners about that? So those have been both something that I've worked with the compound pharmacists here in Houston for many years, uh, who's actually helped me to sort of make the formulas. Uh, we worked on them together to sort of make them more palatable and then try to work on the dosages. And that, that takes a little time. And so over the years, I've sort of uh, improved the dose. I've actually been shocked at the, at the small amounts that I need to get an effect on the surface of the eye. Uh, but it's amazing, uh, Dr. Lee, because they actually do work against viral disorders, on the eye, they work against tumors and they're pretty effective. Uh, one of them, ivermectin for uh, oil gland dysfunction. Um, they actually uh, kill, some people have little mites on their eyes, on their eyelashes, it kills the mites. So we have people that have what's called blepharitis or dandruff of the eyes. And a lot of those people have these little mites and it's wonderful for that. The hydroxychloroquine is a very effective against dry eye. So I've been working with that, I mean, just, it's, it's almost second nature. I've been I actually started uh, with cyclosporin uh, topically uh, back in 1989, all the way there. Uh, I used it for graft versus host disease. That was the beginning of the bone marrow transplants and only like two places in the world and country were doing them. Um, one of them, a very prominent hospital here in Houston. Uh, in Houston. And uh, I think I saw the world's population of what's called graft versus host disease. And I found cyclosporin to be really helpful. And when they used it, they wrote the patent for dry eye in 1995. And I was uh, talking to one of the reps of the company. And I said, you know, I've been used. They said, yeah, we know you've been using it. We've heard your, your work. Um, but we, we have a patent only for dry eye and you could keep using it. 
And I remember telling him, Dr. Lee, I told him, it's not going to work for dry eye. You guys will never make money with that. Well, <laughs> they, they make about one and a half to $2 billion a year for like the last 20 years or so. <laughs> so um, I kind of missed the boat on that, but it does work for graft versus host. And that's what I think is really wonderful is when you stay involved, you look at the research, the problem we're seeing with our peers is that they're not looking at the data. They're just reading the newspaper. They're afraid for their license. They don't want to lose their jobs. They're, they're really reacting out of fear, not out of knowledge. And I think that's something the public needs to know. These, these attacks are coming out of fear, fear for losing their job, primarily on the doctor's side. Well, I think that's true, but I've also seen it over many years because I, I see parallels between the war on hydroxychloroquine we're facing now and ivermectin with the war on estrogen that began in 20, just after 2020 with the release of the Women's Health Initiative, when the agenda at NIH with Jacques Rousseau was to suppress the benefits of estrogen deliberately to preserve the research dollars coming in for statins and to focus on statins as preventions for heart disease and suppress the information on the safety and effectiveness actually of estrogen. And hundreds of thousands of women have been adversely affected by the war on estrogen that I've been part of seeing for my whole career. And it's very similar to what we're dealing with now. And the problem has been in both of those instances, there was literature in the medical publications reputable international people, peer-reviewed, good data, showing effectiveness, showing safety, and our colleagues unfortunately refused to accept it to adhere to a party line. So while it's happening now and people may be afraid of their jobs and being threatened, it also has been an increasing problem over the last 20 years as more and more intrusion of health insurance regulations and guidelines, regulatory interference with the practice of medicine, administrators, politicians, and bureaucrats telling doctors how to practice. Can I comment on that, Lee? Absolutely. Dr. Lee? Uh, uh, so, so Dr. Lee, what I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna reiterate some of the comments you made because I don't think the audience knows this, this literature at all. I look back because I was doing cancer work, uh, they were com commenting that estrogens cause breast cancer. And what I found was that if you looked at vitamin D, if you, if you looked at the D and you subtracted out the vitamin D deficiency, you found no difference at all. So what I would tell my patients, and I've been telling them for probably finally figured this out, um, that if you take vitamin D, uh, you will, any quote unquote risk from taking estrogen will be eliminated as long as you have sufficient vitamin D levels. And I would tell them specifically, if you get your D levels over 50, all your receptors are saturated. Um, and as you know, uh, the data on this is quite clear now, uh, especially in women, like the HUNT2 study shows that women, um, the, the dangers of cholesterol should be revised, that women actually with higher cholesterol actually live longer than women with lower cholesterol. And that's from the HUNT2 study. And so we're seeing that a lot of this has been manipulated by the big pharma companies 
to put out a narrative that we are to do certain things and not to do other things. Statins have always been overhyped from the FDA's adverse event reporting system. Now the study uh, that, that, that documented that statins cause anywhere from a nine to 57 times higher risk for amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. And my comment at the time was, I think this will be the death of statins. Nobody heard it. It never got published anywhere. People don't, aren't aware of it. They have no idea. And it's, it's like it doesn't exist. The study didn't happen. So I agree with you. A lot of stuff, this, this is not the first time, but I'm shocked at the lengths they're going through at this point in time with something with such a heightened scrutiny to, to actually fabricate data. You know that they fabricate the Harvard CV docs, fabricated data. Published as an outgrowth of the same Women's Health Initiative data showed that in women on estrogen alone, not progestin because they'd had a hysterectomy, they didn't need the progestin, had a 60% lower risk of breast cancer than women not taking any hormones at all. And that got no press in the United States because the researchers, I, I'm, I just was, I was livid about this. They published that data follow-up of the women's 12-year study of the women with, with uh, WHI. They published it in the British Medical Journal, it was seen by the European physicians, not in the US. And part of that was to protect their stance against estrogen earlier in their career and their publications. And it's just unconscionable. But the other problem with the statins that I don't think most men know is that statins put and cardiology guidelines are pushing the cholesterol so low with high doses of statins, that it is making men hypogonadal. Guys, that means you've got low T, your testosterone is being suppressed by taking the statins because cholesterol is the building block for your testosterone. So when you're pushing the cholesterol down below 150 in men, they don't have the building block to make their testosterone so then their low testosterone contributes to more belly fat that has a lot of estrogen too. So they've got more belly fat, more estrogen, less free testosterone, less muscle, less bone, higher risk of insulin resistance, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Exactly the opposite of what all the primary care docs seem to be telling their patients and what the media hype is about the risk of testosterone. Well, I, I want to make a comment on that because I, I think it's a big deal. I don't think people realize that a lot of our pesticides are a kind of endocrine disruptors. Uh, lots of food with soy, lots of corn. They have a, a large amounts of estrogen. So for males, that's another issue. Secondly, I was going to mention it's one of my favorite nutrients is vitamin K2. And vitamin K2 uh, is hard to get in the diet because it has to be in beef, butter and cheese. It has to be grass fed. And it's oftentimes hard to convert it uh, from vitamin K1. So most people are deficient uh, and it's very important for your vascular health. Uh, the best uh, epidemiology we have is the, is the um, Rotterdam study showing 50% decrease in stroke and heart attack over about eight years. So that's a wonderful drug, but more importantly, it actually boosts testosterone levels. That's fascinating. And what, what also... I, I mean, I just think that this is so 
interesting about all of these interactions. And I wrote a book, it's my ovaries stupid that Scribner published in 2003. I had a whole chapter on environmental endocrine disruptors and the way in which that contributed to infertility and ovarian dysfunction. And I made reference to the fact that there were also studies showing exactly this in men. I just wasn't writing a book about men. So you and I have been on parallel tracks, even though we didn't realize it, with looking at all of these dietary and environmental endocrine disruptors, vitamin deficiencies. I've been harping on vitamin D for at least 20 years, trying to get patients to take more, get outside, don't always wear sunscreen and all of that. You know, we, we could talk forever on all this, but we're coming up on a break. Let's continue this fascinating discussion with Dr. Richard Urso, frontline COVID physician and obviously creative entrepreneur and creative innovator in medicine. This is Dr. Lee for America on Team Nation in for Malcolm today. We'll be right back. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. And it's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. It was a vision that gave birth to a unique multimedia platform that would combine classic talk radio, great writers, and memorable podcasts and videos. 
AmericaOutloud.com is a conservative leader in a field that is predominantly run by far-left progressive globalists. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Welcome back to Voice of a Nation. This is Dr. Lee for America, your Team Nation guest host for Malcolm. And with me today is Dr. Richard Urso. You've been hearing a fascinating conversation from him about his 25 to 30 year work with innovative uses of all of these medicines that the media has been trying to scare you to death about in the COVID situation. We all know they work for the treatment of COVID, but Dr. Urso is bringing up many, many new ideas. And I wanna ask Dr. Urso if he has seen some of the NIH studies looking at hydroxychloroquine to reduce the inflammatory markers associated with metastatic prostate cancer and the fact that it's actually showing benefit in men with metastatic prostate cancer. I actually have some of my patients taking it in collaboration with their oncologist. Yes, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you know, I've been sitting here uh, during this conversation as I listen to you smiling and shaking my head. I didn't realize we had this much in common. Um, the, uh, the, the thing about hydroxychloroquine is it has this unique effect on something called autophagy inhibition. And because of that, it literally has on many solid tumors, adenocarcinoma type solid tumors, it has uh, wonderful effects on uh, tumor metastasis. So it's very important. And I think you're gonna find it being used more and more uh, in this population of people that they're trying to basically, as you know, Dr. Lee, using multi-drug cocktails to help us through a lot of these uh, things in cancer very similar like we're, we're doing in COVID and HIV disease and COVID. We're using multi-drug cocktails and hydroxychloroquine plays an important role in, in that cancer metastasis via autophagy inhibition. So it's a really great point. Um, thank you for bringing that up. I, I, I forgot to mention that as one of the side effects, uh, one of the other side effects of, of hydroxychloroquine. Well, you know, I think this is why it is absolutely critically important, this new initiative that Dr. McCullough is starting with unity against COVID. It's not just unity against COVID. It is unity against medical censorship and freedom for physicians and patients to decide treatment individually. And we are getting, I've been stunned over the course of my career and let me just say very bluntly right now, I was speaking out the year after I started my first practice. I was in my early 30s at the time because I was coming out of academic medicine to do independent practice so I could be more creative. And I spoke out against signing contracts with insurance companies in 1986 because I was telling the medical groups at the time 
I mean, I was kind of young and foolish, I suppose they thought. But I told them at the time, you're going to be selling your soul to the devil. And I have not signed an insurance contract since 1986. I've always practiced directly as an advocate to the patient, independent of all of these third-party influences. And what we've seen is the undermining of our profession, our ability to be individualized in our care of patients. And you're talking about the things I've always thought were so important. We have to individualize our care and this unity against COVID is going to give us a model that we can bring unity for patients and physicians and pastoral ministers addressing the spiritual aspects of health, which is also so critical and ignored in medicine for the most part. And I think we're going to see that working together, we can create a coalition to restore the balance to where it should be, patience, patient autonomy, medical ethics, physician autonomy, and serving the patient to the best of our ability, which goes back to the oath of Hippocrates 2,500 years ago. Yeah, those are good points. I, when, it, when it comes to mind, when I kind of think about this, like as soon as, as, soon as you started talking, I, I realized that we've headed into this environment now, the corporate practice of medicine. Uh, doctors are not the controllers. They're actually hospitals and insurance companies that are controlling a lot of the care as we go forward. And it's very difficult to work against them. And so where you are uh, in your practice, you can be extremely effective in, in working outside the environment and help your patients. But many of the docs that we're seeing now, and, I, and I'm very much work outside of, of that, but I do have insurance contracts, but you can tell um, that, that it, it actually has an impact on the delivery of care because if they pay you a certain amount um, to take care of so many patients, you will find that people will start cutting corners um, in a sense to uh, maximize their profits. And it's not necessarily in the doctor's side setting, but it's in the, it's in the hospital settings um, where you actually see this kind of behavior, behavior coming up. And I think, I don't think patients really recognize it, but it, it's horrible. I think this patient-centered care is what we've always done. Dr. Lee, one of the first things I knew when I got into uh, medicine, I really resisted going to electronic records, but they made the regulatory, uh, they made it actually something where you, if you were paid more, like three or 4% more if you did it, um, which is really not enough to actually warrant doing it. But in general, it got people to at least dip their fin their toes in. And now what we find is doctors sticking their head inside of a computer and not even looking and interacting with patients. So you actually lose all of that spiritual side. You, you lose the connection with the patient. And that's what I see all the time. Personally, I think we have a big practice, but we treat everyone like family. And we, I give my cell phone out to all my patients. I tell them it's okay to text me. Um, sometimes I don't want you to get caught up. You may have a problem on the weekend and I have not, I've been doing it that for about the, give the email for many years, but the cell phone for about four. And I literally never have a problem with inappropriate use and maybe one out of a hundred, just sort of a silly, Hey, Dr. Russo, when can I have my next appointment or <laughs> something? But I agree. We've got to get to that patient centered care. And I think the spiritual side of things is incredibly important. It always has been. Let me bring up a concept that absolutely drove my entire practice of medicine 
from the beginning. In the fifth century BC, Pythagoras said, the physician's task is to teach men and women the physical and spiritual laws of life and to live in accordance with God's purpose for them. And that was a quote I put on my first practice brochure. We're coming full circle to the urgency of doing that today, particularly in the COVID pandemic, where there's been such destruction of the church communities and churches are now being pushed to be agents of the state to bring in vaccination centers in a coercive program, not focused on patient choice. I'd like for you to comment. My background is Presbyterian, yours is Catholic. Certainly we've heard a great deal of furor about the recent announcement from the Vatican with regard to the vaccines. I think it's time for us to talk about the medical and the psychological and the liberty aspects and the spiritual aspects of this push from the Vatican and Fauci and Governor Cuomo to be using our houses of worship as vaccine centers. That really, that really is, it's almost, that's another tragedy. Uh, I'm sorry, it hurts me to even talk about it, but you know, for the Pope to go out and ha- not bring a spiritual message um, uh, and to bring sort of, a, in a sense, a, this message of you want to be a good citizen, you need to uh, take one for the team. This is not true. This, there's no signal of benefit uh, in some of the groups they're trying to promote this with. Um, so you have somebody who who's, doesn't know anything about it, and he's trying to bring a scientific message of take one for the team, take this vaccine. And yet the signal of harm is higher than the signal of benefit in all these young people. Um, people who have had COVID, clearly there's no, there's no reason for a person who had polio to get the polio vaccine. It's no different here, as you know, Dr. Lee, uh, there's broad durable immunity from getting the, vac- the virus itself. So I'm gonna tell you, this is really disappointing. Um, and I really, really hope um, that people recognize it. Uh, there's a lot of people who believe uh, in their leaders, their church leaders, And so I hope somehow we can get this moving in another direction. Well, actually, we started an initiative on that just this past week. I have felt for some time that we needed to go back to a model that I actually was working with when I was on the academic faculty at Eastern Virginia Medical School in the family medicine department. And we set up free clinics in as a faith initiative, interfaith initiative in churches and synagogues in the greater Norfolk, Virginia area and the family practice residents and nurses. And I was the kind of the uh, faculty leader of that initiative. And I realized we need to get back to that. We need to bring medical and ministry together as Hippocrates and the ancient Greeks and the Bible talk about throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, Jesus healing ministry always addressed mind, body, spirit. He took his message directly to the people. He didn't go to the Pharisees and the Roman authorities. He took his message to the people and it's time to get loud and take our message directly 
to the people and work as medical professionals and ministers to take the broad unification of health, which is all aspects of who we are as human beings. So we are starting that initiative and you're on the advisory team for unity against COVID. I'm on that team. You're heading up certain initiatives to educate the professionals and I'm heading up the initiatives that are faith-based and working with evangelical ministers, Catholic clergy, and others who want to unite and bring the healing message of hope and help into the grassroots level. Well, I was, I was so, that, that's a beautiful message. I was so thankful that in December, the uh, King family uh, brought me down with a couple other doctors to uh, the Atlanta. We went to the CDC and then we spoke to uh, pastors and other church leaders. Uh, I think there was almost 200 uh, that came to a, a venue so that we could discuss some of the issues with the vaccine primarily, also to talk about early treatment and how effective it can be. Um, and it was wonderful because they, they needed some of the data so that they could feel comfortable telling their members whether or not they should go forward or whether or not they should be cautious. And so I think we can play a role with them. And unfortunately, our, you know, our agencies have actually um, have been co-opted. Uh, they, I think they call it regulatory capture. Uh, they've been captured by the industry that they are supposed to regulate. Uh, and so we really can't get reliable information from them. And so that's been a real problem. And I'm, I'm, I love the initiative we're, we're working on. And I look forward to working with you, Dr. Lee. Well, Richard, likewise, Dr. Urso, you've been such a leader in all of this that the synergy on our team is quite amazing. Dr. McCullough has been a major voice speaking directly to the nation. And do you know, it struck me recently in his interviews on Tucker Carlson, on Laura Ingram and other national outlets. He has his own show here on America Out Loud, the McCullough Report. And those of you listening to this show, if you want truth in medicine and truth in the data that we know, Listen every weekend to the McCullough Report for the latest breaking news and data analysis by a cardiologist, internal medicine specialist, epidemiologist, and strong, forceful patient advocate who's also led research studies himself and been part of FDA safety review panels. You couldn't find someone with more expertise and knowledge and experience to bring you truthful medical information and counter the confusion, misinformation, and deliberate distortion that we've been hearing from Emperor Fauci for the last 14 months. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. So as you and I both know, early on, March, April, it was a little lonely. Um, and then when Harvey Risch stepped up to the plate, uh, when we, we found that fabricated Harvard study back in late May, and a, and a lot of us got on the social media and then pushed that letter through. And for the listeners, we were able to get uh, a, a major study that said uh, hydroxychloroquine was deadly, was completely fabricated. And I think you may have heard it before, but they literally um, fabricated the data from uh, all around the world. So bottom line is like, 
the this this has been going on. And, and what happened was great people like Peter McCullough stepped up, Harvey Risch, uh, great epidemiologist, and he came through and he he analyzed the data. He dispassionately um, came up with the data and presented it. Okay, here's the his words. I've never seen another drug that I've been more sure of that works. And I think the data set now for hydroxychloroquine is one in eight quadrillion chance that it doesn't work against COVID. Um, Ivermectin, uh, as you know, Pierre Corey gave a really passionate speech uh, in Senate and actually um, really sort of uh, got that drug out in front and center. So we've had some good uh, people step up, uh, none more than uh, Dr. McCullough, who's I think the most published person in the entire world. So yeah, he's a, he's a great voice of medicine, a great patient advocate, and we're proud to be on his team. Well, and what's been so striking about Dr. McCullough has been his extraordinary generosity with his time, energy, and medical wisdom and knowledge, because when any of us have had urgent situations with patients and things were a little puzzling and we needed some guidance, we could always text him and he responded immediately. Literally last July on a Saturday, I was beside myself because a 63 year old woman with high risk, history of asthma, obesity, insulin resistance was sick with COVID. I've been treating her for a week, but I didn't get her chest X-ray from her primary care doc because it was left on the doctor's office desk Friday afternoon and she left for the weekend and we had no information. We tracked it down at the hospital and I demanded to see it. And lo and behold, the patient had a full-blown pneumonia obscuring one side, her entire lung on one side. And she would have died that weekend. Peter McCullough absolutely was a lifesaver because I reached out to him and said, here's what we got. I've just learned this. I need, I just wanna be sure is it going to be safe to add these medicines? Because I know if she goes into the ER, she'll never make it out. And well, it's I, that kind of thing that has just saved lives across this country. He's working with doctors all over the world, answering their questions, guided them in treating their patients. We worked together last Sunday on an emergency situation with a prominent person who called me at 7 a.m. and said, I'm really in bad shape. I woke up, I couldn't breathe. And his symptoms had only begun the night before. And so I contacted our team member, Dr. John Littell in Florida, who was licensed, could get the meds going, checked in with Dr. McCullough and said, this is what we've got. Any other suggestions? And literally all three of us worked together from different states to get this person the meds they needed that day. And he's still alive. I don't think he would have made it if we hadn't worked together to do that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great microcosm of what we've been doing all year, isn't it, Dr. Lee? I mean, we've been doing this the whole year together, collaborating, and slowly but surely, we built up from a very small number of people, as you said now, over 400 people around the world that we communicate with, all of which are spending all their time. This is because our community has left a lot of people with no treatment. And it's very disappointing to think that people are going without treatment and dying because only because they didn't have the opportunity to get the medicine, simple things, aspirin, steroids, colchicine, 
we're not talking only about hydroxychloroquine, only about ivermectin. We're talking about simple things like avoiding blood clots with aspirin, Eliquis, Sorelto, simple drugs that are over the counter, things for inflammation, like inhaled steroids. These are things that are done all the time for people with asthma. So over and over, what we're seeing is people left in these situations, and we are trying to save their lives because they sat at home for four, five, six days. And for listeners out there, what's happening is this disease is a viral disorder early on, but the virus only replicates for five to seven days. All respiratory viruses are like that, including eye viruses, which I've been studying for a long time. They replicate for five to seven days. Nobody's been able to culture the virus past eight, past eight days. They sequence the virus past eight days. That means that they found a dead body or they get little PCR particles because it's all broken up. But like cars and car parts, cars can drive and car parts can't. Virus can infect viral particles in flame and they cause this disease. So for everyone here, the disease is primarily an inflammatory disorder. And we've got so many easy things we can do to really make you avoid that hospitalization, that avoid that chance of getting on a ventilator. And all of us, including Dr. Lee and all the members of the group that we've been working with have, including Dr. McCullough, have stepped up night and day. It doesn't matter what time. And we're working together because we know we, we're trying to fill a void that's so important. Well, you know, that's a brilliant analogy. And I'm going to repeat it for our listeners because I think that's so critical. They are not getting that message. And by the way, go back to what I said at the beginning, www.covidpatientguide.com. All this is explained in layman's language. We're talking fast today, but you can go and read it and it's free. That point is people are being lied to. It is virus replication first five to seven days, as you said. But I, I'm, you said it so quickly. Let's remind people. After that, what they're picking up from day eight onward on a positive PCR is dead parts of the virus. And Dr. Urso just told you an analogy that I want you to remember. It's like having car parts in a junkyard. The car parts can't drive. Only your total car can. So when the virus has caused the damage and spread, and now it's inflammation, and now it's blood clot risk, that's a whole different problem and much more serious. That's why we treat in the first five to seven days with the combination therapy. And you need all of the elements and you need zinc and you need vitamin D, K2. You may need N-acetylcysteine. Some people are adding quercetin. There are many components of this early treatment. Dr. Urso, would there be some final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners before we have to wrap up for today? Well, I, I just want to leave with a smile because I, I was a beautiful talk. I, I appreciate uh, everything we just talked about because there is hope. We have a way past this. Uh, we don't have to line up for a vaccine that is honestly, um, uh, we, could we could design better ones. Um, this one has left a lot of inflammatory components behind. I think uh, that's a personal decision, but it is experimental. And so I hope, I hope we left you with some hope that uh, this is a treatable disease. Um, it needs to be uh, treated early to be uh, highly successful. And we hope uh, that we can uh, work together to 
bring this message to the rest of the world. Thank you so much. Your pioneering work in medicine and all of the research that you've done in the field of oncology and eye diseases is just extraordinary. And I hope, I hope, where can people find more about your work on social media, your website, your medical practice? So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm working in Houston, Texas. I work at Houston Eye Associates. I'm one of the managing partners. Uh, and, and that's where I practice. Um, I'm primarily on uh, Twitter still, uh, at Richard Urso, MD. I think we're going to make a big presence on unityagainstcovid.com. Uh, so I hope to see you all on that, on that website. Uh, Dr. Lee and I will both be on there, as well as Dr. McCullough. And we hope that we can reach many members of, of the, our country, but also other countries. I'm going to just ditto what you just said, Dr. Urso. Can't thank you enough for being here. Stay tuned, everybody. You're going to see and hear a lot more from Unity Against COVID. We are going to light the brush fires of freedom across this country in the grassroots. And we are going to create brush fires of freedom that cannot be ignored and we will not be censored. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said during the time of Nazi Germany took risk his life to say, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to act is to act, not to speak is to speak. So America Out Loud, you're going to be hearing a lot more on this platform as Unity Against COVID unites with America Out Loud to light the brush fires of freedom. We will not be silent. We will not be censored. The heart and soul of a nation beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor, honor, honor. our soul. soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Welcome to Voice of a Nation. This is Dr. Lee for America. I'm your Team Nation guest host today for Malcolm. And I have a very special guest with us today. Dr. Stella Emanuel is one fiery voice for truth, for God's gift of life and liberty, and a passionate voice for freedom in medicine for us to treat patients as we physicians know needs to be done for the individual early to prevent hospitalizations and deaths. Dr. Stella Emanuel has been treating COVID patients thousands since this pandemic began, and she had the courage to speak out on the steps of the U.S. Capitol in Washington, 
and to lead the frontline doctors to call this pandemic what it is, not only a medical virus attacking us, but the virus of evil, the spiritual battle for the soul of America and for our souls and lives. And ladies and gentlemen, I am here to tell you today, Dr. Stella has a message of hope and help. And we all know this early treatment works. And God has guided us together to bring this message of hope to the American people and around the world. And it's interesting because Dr. Emanuel is a Cameroonian American physician currently practicing in Houston, Texas. She did general medicine in Nigeria and migrated to America to complete her residency and became a licensed pediatrician. So there's actually no one better to understand the needs of children with COVID early treatment if they need it, which most don't, or the risk to children with vaccines, which we'll be talking about today. Over the years, Dr. Stella also worked in emergency rooms in Houston to maintain the general practice skills in the broader population. She currently operates two clinics in Houston, a pediatric clinic and a general practice walk-in clinic, and has actually treated hundreds of patients and serves some of our most desperately disadvantaged, low-income citizens and people coming from other countries who need help. She currently has been working with treating patients since COVID-19 began. And like all of us who start treatment within the first three to five days of symptoms, has had enormous success in keeping people alive and out of the hospitals. She's been in the forefront of discussing the safety of hydroxychloroquine. She grew up using this incredibly safe medicine in Africa. She grew up, she'll tell you her story about the Sunday, Sunday medicine. I love her little video. She'll share that with you. And no one really knows better from having grown up in Africa, the safety and effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine for all age groups, including pregnancy and nursing mothers, as well as the elderly and young children. I think it's really important to understand that Dr. Stella, as many of us on the front line treating people early, have said from last February, March, 2020, that we could end this pandemic if the government would not suppress early treatment. Dr. Stella, can't thank you enough for being here. It's my honor to be here with you today, Dr. Lee. And um, I have enjoyed working with you and being believers because, you know, it, it's kind of a pleasure to work with people that kind of share the same belief that don't tell you to pack your Christianity somewhere in the parking lot when you come into the room. I tell people, I said, you know, I'm a woman of the spirit and I'm a woman of science. And that's just who I am. With me, there's no separation of God and state because it's both. And they shouldn't be really, but that is where the nation has found itself. And that's probably some of the reasons why our, uh, our lives have gotten this, this crazy and still kind of moving crazy. Not just our lives, but the lives of the nations. I've been trying to get across to people that uh, this battle is a spiritual battle. I, I knew about it very early in, in March of last year. 
I, I actually uh, I had gone to God to pray and ask the Lord what was happening. And he said that, and the Lord showed me some things in my that made me realize that it was a spiritual battle. So I thank God for being here today with you. And I pray that as we are talking, that our voice will go forth clearly with no interference in the name of Jesus. And people will hear the voice of the Lord. They will not hear the voice of the enemy. And the veil of darkness and the deception, the deception that's upon the minds of people will be torn and people will wake up so that we can stand and take our planet back. I pray that in Jesus' name as we go forth. So thank you. I am really, really excited to be here today and see what God is going to do with us today. So I would say, um, I've said this many times that um, COVID has effective treatment. It has effective prevention. People don't need to be dying. And uh, sometimes it really tears me up when you hear people are dying, like right now what's happening in India. We were, on, we, were on, we were broadcasting to India yesterday with some colleagues praying and also giving them about treatment. Um, so people should not be dying. Everybody, people should do early treatment and early prevention. People should not be dying, but that's what's going on. So that's why I really know this is not a medical battle. It's not a science battle. It's a spiritual battle. There's something sinister going on. And it's not only going on in this country. It's going on in all countries of the world. There's always a situation where there are doctors that want to treat patients that are hearing from other doctors in other countries. You know, remember we have a group, the group that we have that has over 400 and something doctors all over the world. It's the same story. They want to treat patients. There's always some medical director, some hospital director, some health official that says, no, don't treat the patient. There's always some governmental entity banning the use of hydroxychloroquine or banning the use of ivermectin. It's happening in every country. So we have to stop and think there's a coordinated effort to stop treating human beings and let them die or scare them enough so that they can take a vaccine. I said it all the time. This whole pandemic is about a vaccine. There is no, technically, there's even no pandemic. I mean, Dr. Lee, if you look at the death, death rate in the past years and in 2020, it's not much different. Even the average age of people that are dying has not changed much. So if you, there's technically really not a pandemic. And right now we are in a situation where we've passed through the, the height of the disease. And COVID is right now, it's endemic in, our, in, in most regions of the world that have passed through their peak. So there should be no reason why people are panicking and getting locked up because that does not make sense. Well, um, let me fact, comment even, on that. I think that's a critical point that needs emphasizing to our listening audience. Uh-huh. It is, has been treatable from the beginning. Infectious uh-huh. disease is not my specialty. I'm in preventive medicine, internal medicine based work. Uh-huh. And what I, I mean, in February, I did a quick Google search when, when I heard coming out of China mention of hydroxychloroquine, I did a quick Google search on it. We had a paper in 2005 from our own NIH, where Anthony Fauci is director of his division, that Uh showed studies that hydroxychloroquine worked against coronavirus, SARS-CoV-1, which Uh shares 78% of the same genetic structure as SARS-CoV-2 we face now. And it blocked the virus from entering the cell at the receptor and it blocked the virus from replicating. So common sense to me, 
And as I said, I'm not an infectious disease specialist, but it was common sense. Oh, okay, this is a virus. Here's an antiviral medicine we haven't normally used, but it makes sense to try it. We had the medical studies on it 20 years ago and people were being lied to, but it became clear. And I wanna say clearly to our audience, this is no longer a conspiracy theory. There was a conspiracy and a plan and we can document the beginnings of that plan going back to 2015 to use a viral illness weapon to push mass vaccination and to interrupt the successful economy of the United States and weaken us. That's well documented. It's just been censored. So I wanted to emphasize what you just said from all the research I've personally done to document this, it was not necessary for this many people to die of a coronavirus that is treatable. Yes, you are so right. That is the paper that actually got me to start using hydroxychloroquine early March of last year. A you see that? Friend, yes, it's the same paper, yes. A pharmacist friend of mine had called me and told me that they were getting news out of China that they were using hydroxychloroquine. So of course we went Googling it. And then I found that document. I was like, wow, Anthony Fauci knows that hydroxychloroquine works. And sometimes I listen to him talk in that his voice that sounds like legions. And I think, how evil can this person be? And the, the whole censorship and there's, I mean, if you look at it, it's like there is, information and therapy that can treat the people. But there is standing between the people and this information is all the media, all the medical, all those three letter, our three letter medical uh, uh, institutions, CDC, FDA, WHO, and all of them. And then of course, social media, and then the, the pharmacists that don't want to fill prescriptions, the hospital directors. So you start wondering, why is there such a, concerted effort it's like they uh, it's really a conspiracy they conspire and they are still conspiring not to treat humanity to prepare us for a vaccine for a disease that is completely treatable completely preventable and has 99 percent survivability that does not make sense but if you scare people enough they will do things that they will not do ordinarily because of the lack of information the censorship and then the programming by all this diabolic CNN, CNBC and everything, and then censoring information that is good on Facebook, Twitter and everything, and then only promoting information about vaccines and information about how effective these vaccines are. It is a lie, they are lying to humanity. And it's like, people need to wake up. These vaccines are not effective. They were not even meant to be effective. In fact, if you read about what Pfizer did, if Moderna, if you go and read the literature on their vaccine, they themselves tells you it doesn't stop transmission. It can stop one symptom. So it is not, it is not as effective. During the studies that they did in, in, in Moderna, 100% of the people had side effects. People are dying from this vaccine. If you go to look at VASH, VASH right now has over 4,000 deaths from the vaccine. Not only over 4,000, the VAS itself tells you that the reporting is, almost, is just about 1%. So there are probably more people that are dying from this vaccine and more people that are going to die from this vaccine that, than COVID could ever kill. 
Because last year, they said about 500,000 people are dying. Did you realize that last year, nobody died from the flu anymore? People were not dying from heart attack. People were not dying from accidents. People were not dying from drug overdose. And all the numerous things, cancers, that kill people. Almost every death was recorded as COVID. That is also verifiable. Because when they went back to look at it, they said, oh my God, it was just probably just 6%. That was just truly COVID. Everything else had some comorbidities and other people died with COVID, not from COVID. So there was a concerted effort to inflate these numbers and get it so inflated, then talk about it every day and then scare people. And then at the end of the day, we were all terrified. Remember uh, in March, two weeks, two weeks lockdown to flatten the curve. This is where we are. Two weeks lockdown to flatten the curve. And today there are still states that are locked down. States that have not even had any serious disease, they are locked down. It's so crazy. They destroyed the economy of many nations, not just America. Back in Africa, they destroyed people's businesses when there was barely COVID in Africa, barely. You know, one of the things, uh, Dr. Lee, and like Nigeria, COVID seeded into Nigeria at the same time it seeded into America from Wuhan. But the people that left Wuhan that were going to Nigeria or going to Sub-Saharan Africa, they were all required by WHO standards to take anti-malarias. Because these people took anti-malarias, they were not able to transmit this disease into sub-Saharan Africa. In fact, the few COVID patients that started coming in came from, came from Europe, but it never really took hold. Why? Because hydroxychloroquine, mefloquine, all these medications are over the counter. When somebody in Nigeria, Cameroon, Togo, when they get a fever, they go straight to the, they go to the chemist or to the pharmacist and they, they get anti-malaria. They treat malaria automatically before they start thinking what else can be going on. So when people get fever, they don't stop to think, oh, maybe this is COVID. Oh, malaria, boom. They go and take medicine. So most of the people ended up taking what it would take for them to be treated. So that is why COVID has not taken hold in sub-Saharan Africa. In fact, Bill, Melinda Gates had said that, oh, Africans were going to drop like flies. We were like, no, we rebuke that. They are not going to drop like flies because we do have all the hydroxychloroquine. We have all the anti-malaria. And that is... a Thank God for that and the protection because they don't have, we don't have ventilators and all that stuff over there. Right now, I don't know what's going on in India. India, all this year, the whole of last year, did pretty well. India produces the, the highest amount of hydroxychloroquine. People in India have been on this medication. I don't know what has bewitched and changed the people's heads. Right now, they are doing censorship and all that in India too. I practically had to send the information to one of the people that I know in India they had COVID last week. I just sent them our protocol. They went, on the, they went to the store, bought the medication, took it, and they got well. So whatever strain is in India, hydroxychloroquine as a medicine still treats it. But the people of India are not being given this information. They are, they, are, they are beginning to twist it around. The government is censoring it. I think they've banned ivermectin. So it is just making, just creating a situation where people in India are dying. Moreover, they say about 1% of Indians have been vaccinated. You'll be shocked. It might actually be the vaccine causing these deaths in India. So we don't know. And the government in India is beginning to deal with their people the same way that the crazy government in America has been doing so. It's so sad. Well, there are some unusual and unique situations in India that are beyond the scope of this show today. Mm -hmm. But I want to come back to a couple of points that you made to emphasize for our listeners. Number one, I personally have had communications from 
physicians in Africa who really risk their lives to get this information to Dr. Peter McCullough, me and several others that were on our C-19 international team. They actually have reported to us that there are foreign forces in Africa that are burning the supplies of hydroxychloroquine and the physicians were desperate because they need it for malaria, but it also uh-huh. is what was saving lives with the COVID-19. So I want to make that point for our listeners. That's documented. And in fact, uh-huh. some of our national security people are looking into that. But that fits with what you were saying, Dr. Stella, that Africa was doing well with the pandemic because hydroxychloroquine is so widely used against malaria prophylaxis Uh that people were taking it every Sunday, as you've talked about. But also India was doing well with weekly prophylactic hydroxychloroquine. The India Council of Medicine published that as their protocol in March. I downloaded it and I started following some of those guidelines with my own patients and it was working. There are other factors with India right now and what's happening in Africa is an orchestrated attack on on the people and on the successful treatment with hydroxychloroquine. But there's another point to quickly make and I'd like you to address this particularly as a pediatrician. The media narrative throughout 2020 was how dangerous hydroxychloroquine was. In the, in the correct information is that it's one of the safest medicines in the world that's been uh-huh. used worldwide in billions of doses for 65 years. Contrast that 65 year track record with the fact that there were two months of safety data on these experimental vaccines that had never been used before. Uh-huh. And now it was suddenly approved in the, by the same FDA that claimed falsely that hydroxychloroquine was dangerous. And now they're unleashed an experimental vaccine with two months of data versus a 65 year safety record with hydroxychloroquine. To the public and to all of us in medicine, that is dangerous and doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. But specifically with the announcement of the CDC this week, suddenly approving these vaccines that are still experimental for use in children 12 to 15 when they were not in the clinical trials. I really want our audience to hear from you as a pediatrician. What is, what do we need to do and what are the risks of that? And what are you seeing as the potential problems opening up an untested vaccine in that age group? Yeah, first of all, Young people don't get COVID. I think I've treated one 16-year-old that had asthma and maybe an eight-year-old that had multiple medical issues and maybe a one-year-old that, you know, premature baby that had multiple issues. In over, now our team has treated over like 20, maybe we're like about 23,000 right now. In all that, I think it's just three children that we have had to treat. COVID does not, children don't get COVID disease. They, they are like sinks. When they get the infection, they, don't, they carry it, but they don't get a disease from it. 
So I don't understand what, why they will be trying to give vaccines to children, except for the fact that, now we're gonna say a little, talk a little more about why I think that this vaccine has nothing to do with COVID. It is part of their ID2020 human 2.0 thing that they wanna do. But the issue with the vaccine is that va these vaccines, they kill. What are the chances that a 25 year old, a 30 year old can die from COVID? Very slim. Right now you will begin to hear the propaganda, oh, young people are dying from COVID. That's not true. We're not even seeing young people, let alone them dying. It is not true, it's propaganda. They are doing that so that they can get young people to take the, take the vaccine. Young people don't die from COVID. Students, even, I mean, 30 year olds, the, the average age of people that die from COVID is like 70, 80. So there is no reason to be giving a, a vaccine that is dangerous and killing people to a, to a patient population that would, would almost never die from COVID. Like, in fact, below the age of 18, the likelihood is so, so, it's like so slim of somebody dying from COVID that they are probably gonna be hit by a car and die from COVID. So there is no reason for this vaccination. But I don't understand what parents in their, in their minds are gonna take their children and donate for this kind of experiment, but the propaganda. And you see, Dr. Lee, the propaganda is deeper than just CNN making noise. I'm gonna give people a few videos that I want you guys to watch to see the real, the real deep sinister thing behind this propaganda that is making people do unreasonable things. It's almost like this, it's like this. So I was thinking that, man, I think about our doctors, I said, well, it looks like there's some flesh eating amoeba that has captured the mind of most of our doctors that they cannot even see it. Even when you're talking, I have treated this many patients, they're like, oh, no, no, we need a double blinded, double blinded, double blinded. Sound almost like a computer. There is something going on that is deeper than all that we can see with our eyes. And there is an agenda. The agenda is to get 7 billion people on this earth to take this vaccine. And this agenda is sinister. It goes with what they say in the book of Revelation. If you look at, look at somebody like Bill Gates that said that there is no way we're going back to normal until 7 billion people get vaccinated. That doesn't even make sense for a disease that does not affect people that way. Why do they want people vaccinated? Why do they want children vaccinated? It's because they want every one of our DNAs to be corrupted. Every one of us. They, they are, and they are not going to succeed because we are going to be the resistance and we're going to resist to the end. We're going to resist even to the point of shedding blood. We are not going to get vaccinated. So they are, they are not going to succeed. But let me dig a little deeper to, this, to, the, to the spiritual backing behind this. Because you and I know, we've treated tons of patients. You, you and I know COVID is completely preventable and completely treatable. You and I know there's no need for lockdowns. You and I know there's no need for masks. All these diapers we wear on our face don't work. They don't filter COVID. So it's just a form of control and mind control. Yesterday, I saw some guys wearing masks outside. I said, take off your mask. I said, we're in Texas. We've actually been delivered from this. Why are you wearing it? Well, I'm just used to. I said, you see what you just said? You're used to the slavery you're putting on your face. Take off your mask, smile. Talk to people. They are doing everything to destroy humanity, put us under bondage. But this is, the, this is the deeper part. Recently, I've been doing a lot of research because, of course, from the beginning, I, the Lord showed me that this thing was some demonic thing that came from the heavenlies. Like, from the beginning, when I was asking last March, I said, God, what is going on? What is going on? 
this was before people started dying. I did a message on it and I put it on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. You can actually see it. It's like I saw it was like there were some rays or like missiles being released from the heavens and it was hitting people and people were dying. And I kept hearing it was going to get worse. It was going to get worse. We're going to die. So I started this prayer program. I said, please join us to pray for the humanity. Of course, everybody's going about their business. Well, but, that is really critically important what you've just mm -hmm. said. And I want to emphasize for our audience that Dr. Stella is correct. There is something going on and there is an agenda. And for those of you that would like to read more about it in a extraordinarily well-documented researched book coming out shortly, but you can access the manuscript with a pre-order, COVID-19 and the global predators, we are the prey. This uh. is a meticulously researched book by Dr. Peter Bregan, who is an extraordinary voice for reform. He's known as the conscience of psychiatry. And uh. he has, and his researcher team, his wife, have done a book. I have read it line by line. Wow. And the book is incredibly well documented. All of you listening to support what Dr. Stella has just been saying to you with the background and the documentation, you can go and order Dr. Bregan's book and go to the website, We Are the Prey. P-R-E-Y.com. Okay. And when you order the book coming out in June, you'll get the manuscript now. And there's a section called the chronology that you can turn to and see the step-by-step -step planning for this pandemic that supports everything you've just heard from Dr. Emanuel today. We'll come okay. back to that and to the spiritual battle for the soul of America after the break. Right now, we're going to pause for a moment. This is Dr. Lee for America, your Team Nation guest host for Malcolm today. We'll be right back. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Today, America stands at the crossroads of history. Our actions will determine the fate of our nation. Well, that journey starts here and starts now. We invite you to join us in making the ultimate difference. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters. Turn notifications on and stay in the know. You'll find all that back at AmericaOutloud.com liberty and justice for all. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com 
and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, -L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Hello, this is Lieutenant Randy Sutton, the host of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. I am a 34-year police veteran. I am also the founder and CEO of an organization that stands behind injured and disabled law enforcement officers. It is called The Wounded Blue. Our website is thewoundedblue.org. We have produced a film. It is an important film. I urge you to watch it. The film details what happens when a police officer or law enforcement officer is shot or stabbed or beaten or disabled, seriously injured in the line of duty. Most people think they are taken care of medically and financially. The reality may be quite different. It is called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. The film is available on Amazon, iTunes, and the Microsoft Store. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Welcome back to Voice of a Nation. This is Dr. Lee, your Team Nation host for Malcolm today, here with Dr. Stella Emanuel, founder of Firepower Ministries, founder of Frontline MDs, telemedicine services for people across the country who need low-cost, rapid access to early treatment for COVID. Go to FrontlineMDs.com and you can have a telemedicine consult free of insurance, free of the government, free of all of the roadblocks to your getting the treatment you need. You can get help quickly. So use that resource. She created it to bring help and hope to everyone without having to worry about what the local bureaucrats and politicians were saying. In addition, Dr. Stella is coming out with her own new book, which you'll hear more about and she can tell you about that. But I want her to focus a little more on her ministry and how this pandemic is more than just the physical disease. We have to fight in the physical realm, obviously, but we cannot neglect the spiritual realm either. This yeah. is spiritual and a medical, psychological, physical battle. Dr. Stella, let's talk more about that. Yes, uh, I've been actually talking, telling a lot of people in the country, I said, you know, one of the reasons why we keep losing, what I mean by losing is that we're losing ground every day. It's because we are fighting a spiritual battle purely in the physical. Yes, we need the propaganda. Yes, we need the medical doctors to speak up. Yes, like I said, we do have the resources. If you go to frontlinemds.com or drstellamd.com, you can have, you can get a telehealth appointment around the country. We can give you medicine, take care of you if you're sick. We do have doctors that are putting out information. 
But the part that a lot of us are neglecting, even as a nation, is the spiritual battle. I want to take a, a, an example for, uh, on when we were fighting against abortion being legalized. There were a lot of riots. There were a lot of, you know, there were a lot of protests. Hundreds of thousands of people came out to protest. But abortion still got legalized anyway. The reason is that people protested, people rioted, called their Congress people, went to this, tried to go through the courts, tried to fight the battle in the courts, but they never dealt with the spiritual force behind abortion, which is Molech. Molech worship. Molech is the, is the demonic force that loves the sacrifice of children. These people that we're dealing with, this globalist, this cabal, they are Luciferians. These are, these are human beings that have sold themselves to the devil and they are using the devil's power to afflict other human beings. We cannot keep fighting the devil alone in the physical because this battle is not just a battle of medical science or propaganda. It's a spiritual battle. It's a battle of good versus evil. And if humanity continues to fight this battle in the physical, we are going to lose. And the reason is you cannot keep fighting. If you were going to do demonic, fight demonic forces, you need a greater power, the power of God, the power of Jesus. So we have to wake up as the church, as humanity, and submit ourselves to God and cry out to God and say, you know what? These powers are bigger and greater than us because the people that are leading this battle, doing this propaganda, they are connected to Lucifer, the devil. In fact, this vaccine that they are doing, there are many, many things on, on it that have all kind of 666 nanopotents and everything that makes me think about revelation. So if we cannot, if we keep fighting this thing in the physical, it's gonna be, it's, we're gonna lose. We have to fight it in the spirit. When we came back from DC last year, last year, July, we started a prayer meeting. Right now we're on day 277 that we're praying every day, fighting this battle in the spirit. The voice of prayer has to rise up louder than the voice of sin and iniquity if we're going to win. But here is the good news. How can people join your prayer group online? We have, on, if you go on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Firepower Ministries with Dr. Stella Emanuel. On Facebook, subscribe to our Facebook ministry channel, Firepower Ministries with Dr. Stella Emanuel. So that whenever we come on live, you will be sent a notification. We stream every day on Facebook and YouTube. And you have, if you go there right now, you see Revival Push Day 200 and this, you can go there and even just join in prayer. So, and if you cannot join during the time, you can go and listen to it and pray later on. But we, we go live every day and people join us from all over the world. That is thing. incredibly powerful. And I want to yes. add to what you're saying. What many listeners don't know, because history isn't taught very well in our public schools any longer, what Karl Marx said at the very beginning of his revolutionary work and to destroy the government when he began, he listed one of the key principles of undermining a country and taking control is that you must remove God from the public sphere. So what did they do as the first step in the pandemic? They shut down the churches, uh -huh. left open the liquor stores, 
and the big box stores that were the global predators. These are the people who have the business relationships with China. I mean, it's not those small business mom and pop businesses that have business deals in China. That's the Walmart and the Amazon and the, uh-huh. all of the big box stores have massive business connections with China, for example. And Marx's agenda from the beginning with all of the Marxist revolutions that have taken place in countries throughout the world over the years since his first revolution has uh-huh. been to close down or suppress the voice of the church and attack the family. That's exactly what has happened in America. And in only a short time, 12 times faster than they accomplished it under Hitler in Germany. So your listeners, our listeners need to understand that what Dr. Stella is talking about is extraordinarily real. There has been an agenda to remove God from our country. And we must turn back to God. That's our foundation as a Christian nation. If you read in the book of Daniel, there was a place in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter two, where King Nebuchadnezzar saw this image, had a dream and saw this image. And in the, in the image, he saw like, um, he saw, he saw um, uh, this image had a head of gold and then breastplate of um, brass and, you know, iron. And then the feet, the feet were iron. And then the toes was iron mixed with clay. And let me read what the Bible says about that. So that, you know, it says here in, in Daniel chapter two, verse, verse 41, it said, as whereas thou sowest the feet and toes part of potter clay and part iron, the kingdom shall be part divided and in it shall be the strength of iron. And as you saw iron mixed with miry clay, he said, as the toes and the feet were part iron and part miry clay, so the kingdom shall be partly broken and partly strong. Whereas, as you saw iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of man. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of man, but they will not cleave to one another, even as iron does not mix with clay. So there's going to be a mixture of human and machine. In this time, the Bible says here that God, a stone will come out from, cut with the hand of God and will crush that mingled seed and crush that kingdom down and the kingdom of God will be established. So here is the stupid thing that, that I think that humanity is doing. They are believing the devil that I'm going to come, I'll bring this technology that can make you superhuman. You can see beyond walls. You can see in the darkness. You can be tall. You can have your brain replaced. You can merge with machine. The truth about it is that you are not merging with machine. You're merging with demonic spirits. This this is Nephilim technology. And what is going to happen? The devil is trying to convince people that, you know what? Take this machine. Let human 2.0, let human merge with machine and, and become centers and you know, Santos was this creature that was half human and half animal. You know what I'm saying? It's like the head is, you know, so they want you to become Santos. Oh, okay, you're going to be half machine and half human, or you can replace your brain if you don't like your brain. If you don't like the way you're thinking, you can change your memory. If you don't like the way you walk, you can change this by gene splicing and gene replacement and memory insertion. The truth about it is that none of that thing is science. It is just pure demonic technology. And human beings are falling for it. Human beings are falling for the fact that 
The devil has this good thing that he's giving to them. The devil never gives you anything for nothing. And the truth, Dr. Lee, is that at the end of the day, the devil is going to lose. And all those human beings that align with him are going to lose. The end of this story is already written in Revelation. It is already written. So human beings are just being, like I, I call human beings that will go and work with the devil to afflict other human beings, useful idiots, because you cannot choose to work with your enemy. The devil is going to destroy you. He's going to destroy you now. He's going to destroy you in hell. He's going to destroy you everlasting. And he's going to also open you for the wrath of God that is going to get poured out on a rebellious earth. It, we are seeing it as we speak. It's like everything that's happening in the physical is written in the book of Revelation. People should read it. People should read it. And, and when I look at it, so now they are, have, they are merging machines and humans. That is what the mark is all about. People keep telling me, well, oh, you have to pledge your allegiance to the devil to take the mark. There's nowhere the Bible says you have to pledge allegiance to take the mark. People are like, well, they have to, you know, the Bible says he causes, he would deceive them to take the mark. He's going to deceive people. In fact, in Revelation 13, it actually says that it deceives the men on earth to make images onto the beast. And the devil had power to give life to these images. There are a lot of people right now, they are telling you, send your DNA to 23andMe, you can make clones. The Bible talks about these clones in, in the book of Revelation 13. He, people made images to the devil, and the devil had power to give life to those images. So maybe some of these talking heads on CNN are probably just AIs or clones. So while we are trying to merge human and AI, we're just exposing ourselves to demonic possession. Those things is not science. The gene splicing thing, it is not science. It is demonic technology. And the whole thing is about introducing the devil inside human beings. And if you look at it, most of it will talk about, <clears throat> they're coming like, you see, like 666 or they want to, you know, there was an ID 2020 that had 666 in it, the number of the devil. Or right now, if you go look on when, if you look at uh, when they were creating the vaccines, it was done with a lipid nanoprotein called luciferous. I don't know whether luciferous is actually in the vaccines right now, but I do believe that they have this nanogel in the vaccines. They want to inject it in people and they will use those nanogels to control people. So at the end times, you are not going to have to make a choice for God or the devil. Somebody will sit in a room on a computer and send out a signal, which is why I probably saw the signal, a 5G signal that will tell you that the devil is God and you will believe it because it will just replace your memory. This is technology happening now. I, when I watched this lecture, I was like, what? They, and this lecture was done at West Point. The other lady that was talking about center, she actually worked and trained with DAPA. My question I'm asking people, our vaccines, all this Moderna, Pfizer, all these COVID vaccines, they were done under the, the surveillance of DAPA. Why? Why not doctors and scientists? Why is the military? When has the military ever been the people that is supervising vaccine making? It is because this vaccine, this COVID vaccine, it is lipid nanotechnology to insert something in you that will go inside of you, reconstruct, and that can become what they can use to control you. That can use, you know what I'm saying? And 
People are not hearing. People are not listening. And Christians are taking it. And people are running out there, sticking out their hands, taking something that is going to program them, turn them from human being to human 2.0 and give the devil access to their soul. Let, let me add something to what you are saying, because I think this is critically important for the listeners to understand. When Dr. Stella mentions the lipid nanotechnology that is involved in these new experimental biological agents that they are calling vaccines, that is critical to understand on two urgent points. Number one, it means that this vaccine for the first time in the history of all of our vaccines, now crosses the blood-brain barrier. And so these new experimental COVID vaccines with that nanoparticle lipid coating that involves polyethylene glycol, uh, some of you may recognize that as the ingredient of antifreeze, polyethylene glycol helps the vaccine particles cross the blood-brain barrier, which normally protects the brain and the nervous system. That means that the mechanism of the vaccine to create inflammation is actually penetrating your nervous system, leading to a lot of the neurologic complications we are seeing of the vaccine, which Dr. Sella mentioned the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System of the CDC, you can go to openvaers.com to see the data yourself. But the other very ominous application of the lipid nanotechnology is that for the first time, this makes a vaccine able to cross the placental barrier during uh -huh. pregnancy as well. Normally, the placental barrier protects the baby who has no, is, has no immune system at that point. And during pregnancy, the baby is protected by the placental barrier so that very few things get across that. And when they do cross the placental barrier, that makes them potentially dangerous to babies. We'll have a whole show on this coming up this week with a maternal fetal medicine expert and a hematologist, oncologist, immunologist, who is the leading world's expert on these vaccines in pregnancy. And what Dr. Stella is telling you in the spiritual realm is played out in the medical realm with the fact that two major systems in the human body that were never penetrated by vaccines in the past are now being penetrated by these vaccines and leading to the very complications that we're seeing. So Dr. Stella, I just wanted to amplify and support what you've described from the spiritual perspective, the theory is medical science that yes. absolutely supports what you're saying. And I've already in my practice had patients getting the vaccines who've had serious neurologic complications and we will see more of that. And that supports why we're seeing the pregnancy deaths when women have gotten vaccinated 
And the CDC has suddenly opened that up when they were not studied in the clinical trial. And now we're seeing women having early miscarriages. We're seeing mothers die. We're seeing even well-established pregnancies in the second and third trimester having the baby die. Uh That's because this vaccine is crossing the placental barrier and the baby Uh is not protected. And you know, um, the crazy part about it is that all these deaths that are happening, no, but they are not stopping the vaccination. Remember, I mean, they stopped the SARS, they, they stopped, there was a vaccine that they stopped because 50 people died. You know what I'm saying? They, they are, people are dying and they are trying to vaccinate children. They are trying to vaccinate pregnant women. They are trying to vaccinate babies. So has humanity not stopped to wonder, why are they doing this? You know why? The part they have programmed people, I'm telling you, you, everybody needs to go and watch this message. It was by Charles Morgan. In, 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 um, he, he did a lecture at West Point. If you just go online and Google Charles Morgan's lecture at West Point, it explains this. Because it even talks how they're going to program people on media and talk to them. So, you know, you see, in that programming, they, kept, they were saying that they have to have a way to inject this thing into people to inject this little chip, nano chip into people. And usually they should do surgery to inject it into your brain. But now they don't have to do surgery to inject it in your brain because they have a coating that it can, it can actually be put inside of you without going through that, without going through surgery and sticking it in your brain with, a, with that lipid nanoparticle that would now carry it right all the way into your brain. And then once this thing gets inside of you, you can be controlled. All they have to do is somebody stand on CNN and keep saying, well, people are dying and you pick it up. Whatever it is that they say, whatever they stand and they say in their group, you pick it up and you assume it is your thoughts. That is why you will see your friends and family members arguing about this thing as if they've in such a rabid way, no matter how much you explain it to them, it's like it's not getting across because these people are being programmed. And that is where I come back to the fact that spiritual battles are fought spiritually. Do you understand what I'm saying? Spiritual battles are fought spiritually. We had a lady that was a pastor that took this vaccine and hurt her stocking and got really terrified. She came to our church. We prayed for her. As we were praying for her, that hand where she took the vaccine from started vibrating. And in the spirit, she saw this L-shaped chip leave her hand. An L-shaped chip left that hand that was vibrating where she had gotten the vaccine. So I'm saying that we do have both spiritual and physical cure. The Bible says in, in Psalm 18, verse 43, 44, that strangers shall submit and they shall be afraid out of their close places. That, that when they hear of you, they will submit, they will be afraid, they will come out of their close places. So we are offering deliverance for people that have received this vaccine because that thing they put in your body is a stranger. And at the mention of the name of Jesus, strangers will submit, they will come out of their close places. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there is spiritual, there is spiritual redemption. Just the way that the blood of Jesus redeems people from this Adamic nature, the blood of Jesus is able to redeem people from this demonic diabolic vaccine. But so you can pray and ask the blood to flush that thing out of your system, ask the strangers to come out of your system in the name of Jesus, and they will come out. The reason they will come out is because the vaccine itself is Luciferian technology, 
and anything Luciferian bows to the name of Jesus. So there is hope, brothers and sisters. If you've taken this vaccine and you're terrified and you're listening to us, oh my, what do we do? There is a way out. Number one, repent. Go back to God and say, Father, I took this thing. I didn't know. People took, take this thing because of fear. Repent before God and ask for the blood of Jesus to cleanse you. Begin to ask the blood of Jesus to flush it out of you. Quote scripture, ask the blood to speak and go to Psalm, 1, Psalm 18, verse 43, verse 44 and said, as the Bible says, strangers who submit, they'll come out of my body. Every stranger in my body, in my DNA, in my soul, everything that has been programmed in my mind, come out in the name of Jesus. These things will come out. We do deliverance every Tuesday, Tuesday night we do deliverance and we do deliverance during our our program. This is one of the things that we pray during our week, our daily program. We are about to open the prayer ranch, the prayer revival ranch. So we're going to be doing deliverance. We're going to have we're going to have people come and we're going to pray, and this technology will come out of their body because it is Luciferian. Anything Luciferian can be treated with the, with the name of Jesus. And so Christians, wake up, get the power of God. Remember that the Bible says in Mark 16 that God has given us power to be able to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to take up serpents. So you as a child of God, receive that spiritual boldness to speak to somebody that has this vaccine and pray for the, for the corrupt wisdom in their mind to be broken. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. That the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. So all these memories that have been inserted in people's minds through this demonic technology, they are strongholds. And the mention of the name of Jesus, those memories will disappear. You are so inspiring. Uh, look into www.frontlinemds.com when you need help for COVID. Follow Dr. Stella on Facebook and on YouTube, and remember what is so absolutely critical. We cannot forget that we need, our total approach to health is the medical approaches, the healthy diet that helps fuel our bodies, which are the temple through which we serve our God, we need exercise, we need fresh air, take the mask off when you go outside, you need fresh air. And our most important weapon to keep our minds and spirits strong is the power of prayer. Too many people have been blinded by what is happening and the lies that are being foisted on us by a media that is complicit in causing death and destruction by hiding the truth. Open your eyes. Pray for God to open your eyes. Join Dr. Stella's prayer ministry as well as use her medical ministry when you need it for yes. help from COVID. And I just, Dr. Stella, I can't thank you enough for the absolute courage and dedication. You know, for our listeners to understand, Dr. Stella has been threatened by the Texas Medical Board, and she has powerful videos where you can Google her on, on YouTube and, and 
look up these inspiring videos where she is standing up to tyranny. This is exactly what the founders of our country did when they stood up to the tyranny of King George. She is a leader in this effort. And Dr. Stella, I I just want to thank you today for being with us and taking time from your practice and your ministry. This is Dr. Lee for America, Team Nation guest host for Malcolm. This is your life, your health, and your freedom at stake, as well as your life eternal. Get involved, get loud, and don't be afraid to speak up. Help make the world around you a better place.